Greetings. Salutations. I'm Frances. And I'm Jordan. Welcome to the Podcast Diaries, a podcast where two friends dive deep into the world of nostalgia by rereading the Princess Diaries book series by Meg Cabot. Welcome. It is uh, Sunday, September 27th. It's 2020. A little later. 2020. Yes, we still are in 2020. Yes. Unfortunately. Uh, it's it's coming on. It's it's coming along. It's almost over. We're close. Uh, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Made it to fall. Yes. So we are on our last section of book two, Princess mm-hmm. in the Spotlight. Very, Very exciting, exciting stuff. And, and even more exciting, <laughs> yes. we have a special guest today. Um, so this is, guest is a very dear friend of mine. Uh, her name is Allie Boddicker. She is a lower elementary Montessori teacher and a wildly avid reader. She reads like a thousand books a year, probably. Rough estimate. <laughs> Rough estimate. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find her on Allie's Book Corner on Instagram, uh, which I'll link in the podcast description. She gives tons of great book reviews and recommendations. Um, Allie's favorite genre to read is cozy mysteries and thrillers, and her favorite book is Into the Woods by Tana French. So welcome, Allie. All right. So welcome, Allie. Thank you for joining us today. We are so excited that you're here. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So first, we would love to start off by learning a little bit more about your experience with the Princess Diaries, books, movies, whatever your past and present with them are, is, were. Well, I'm pretty sure that I owned the first, possibly even the second book when I was younger. I cannot remember reading them, but I do know that my sisters and I love the movies we like I've memorized all the oh, lines that's a and- present tense love so this yes. is a this is <laughs> from this is a 20-year love then I recently re-watched both movies during quarantine and hadn't seen them in years and it was such joy <laughs> nice. such joy okay. do you like yes. one more than the other uh the first one definitely Gotcha. best <laughs> yeah same. no spoilers for any possible upcoming episodes where we'll be discussing the movie but I <laughs> I think that makes sense. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, we are so excited to chat with you about this book today. So for this episode six, which is part three of book two, that's definitely not confusing. Um, <laughs> the section we read began with Thursday, October 30th, G&T to the end of the book. So I'm going to give a quick synopsis and then we're just going to dive into our plot discussion. Synopsis. Mr. G officially moves into the loft. Mia continues to distrust that Philippe is handling Grandmere and her continued plans for Helen's wedding at the plaza. Lily and Hank go missing again. Shortly after, we find out that Lily was helping Hank realize his dream of becoming a model. He shows up at school to announce he's just been signed as Calvin Klein's newest underwear model. Boris, in a fit of rage after seeing Hank give Lily a thank you kiss, punches Hank in the face, but the only damage done is to Boris's hand. A few hours before the wedding, Mia realizes that Helen and Mr. G are gone. Her father tells her everything is fine and to continue to get ready for the wedding as usual. But as the wedding is set to begin and it's clear neither the bride nor groom are attending, Philippe tells the over 300 guests that Helen and Mr. G have taken off to Mexico to elope. 
Philippe gives Mia a letter from Helen explaining that she didn't want Mia to have to lie to Grandmère about their secret plans. The note promises they'll have another small ceremony with Mia when they return. Mia is shocked but pleased that Philippe defied Grandmère and kept his promise. Mia makes it to Rocky Horror, convinced that Michael is Josie Rocks. As the night plays out, however, Kenny, Mia's biology partner, reveals himself to be her secret admirer. Mia is disappointed but agrees to go out with him. As the book wraps up, all is well in the Ronaldo family, and despite being newly committed to Kenny, Mia still holds a fierce flame for Michael. Very nice. The very end. well. Very well spoken. Thank you. <laughs> um, and before we talk about anything else, I want to quickly note Ooh, okay. a, a princess faux pas that I have made <laughs> in episode four when we were looking at the list of Lily and Mia's Are These Celebrities Breasts Real or Not? We talked about how the book and the audiobook had different lists and how weird it was that the book printed in 2001 seemed like it had an older list than the 2003 produced audiobook. But I realized I'm an idiot, and this book was actually printed in 2008. So the original, Allie, you have that copy of the original. That's 2001, and Francis, yours and my copy yes. was printed in 2008, which is why, like, Ashley Simpson was on the list. Remember we talked about that's like, yeah we're she? like that's so weird yeah. that's, and yeah. there's another instance of it in this section which I will bring up but Ooh, I just wanted oh, I'm to so excited that up. so when they so re anyway. when they reprinted the books they changed the names of celebrities to better match the times yes exactly <laughs> they the list had more because the original list has like Tory Spelling like sort of you know late 90s era people and then yeah this print had much more like 2008 celebrities but um, also surprisingly we, the wasn't it did we didn't we decide that like the audiobook celebrities were like less relevant than the book one oh wait right that's what you're saying i mean yeah dumb. we're both mm -hmm. dumb cool, cool 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 we got there we got there guys <laughs> so anyway thank you for uh, allowing me that quick correction and uh back into the plot in my opinion the central theme of this section is when the people you least expect surprise you uh three instances of this hank obviously glaring becoming an underwear model from like podunk cornsville indiana uh helen and mr g with their assistance from Philippe, Philippe really saved the day on that one. He helps them get out of their plaza wedding that they didn't want, which Mia really didn't think he was going to do. And then, of course, lastly, Kenny being Josie Rocks, not Michael. Oh, uh, so she bad. did not expect that. Even though of, it was kind of glaring. Yes, <laughs> towards the end, it was pretty glaring. I just had a thought about Hank being a model. I wonder if that's based on Ashton Kutcher. Because oh, he's he from Podunk Nowhere, and he was an underwear model when he first got to not Midwest. It could have been New York. It could have been L.A. Don't ask me. I wonder. It was around that era, I guess. Yeah. Interesting um, thought. Interesting thought. That's just a teeny tiny little sidebar nation thought. <laughs> um, also, forward, my mom texted me earlier that she didn't see that it was Kenny until the end when it was pretty obvious. I guess oh, she Rocky didn't? Horror, she didn't pick up on it until Rocky Horror. I don't know if I did when I first read it. I think the only thought I had was like, Kenny, like, okay, whatever. Like, what a weirdo yeah. who keeps on doing her homework for her. Loser. I had no idea reading this. Yeah. I was like, who the heck is, it's clearly <laughs> not going to be Michael, like, because it would be 
right? No. It's just not going to be Michael. I had no idea who it would be. And then as soon as they arrived at the, in the line to get into the movies and Kenny was like, oh, you made it. I was like, it's Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes pretty glaring. Yeah. I don't remember. I'm sure I did it when I read this at 10 pick up on it. But <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like weak writing Cabot. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't fool us. <laughs> um, okay. So talking about let's let's dive into our plot thoughts our thoughts we plot so mm-hmm. when it starts out lily and hank have gone missing yet again and uh what i thought was interesting was mia notes that lily was wanted to get out of the presidential fitness exam do y'all remember doing that yep I, is that i don't i think so if it's what i think it is is that the thing where you had to like run on the basketball court like to the first line and then back and then the second line and then back and then the third line and back is that oh. Those are the, called the pa- No, that was the pacer test. I was doing the pacer <laughs> test. The oh my God. Literally, test. I was trying to Google this and I couldn't remember. I cannot believe I just came up with that. It was, yeah, no, I never did the presidential fitness test, but we did the pacer test. The presidential okay, yeah. fitness test was like a variety of exercises and you had to meet a certain requirement. I want to say it was like a Reagan era installation. It sounds about right. Allie, do you, you, and it was like run a mile, do 50 sit-ups, like stuff like that every year. Yeah, I did all that in like in middle school, mm-hmm. but then I don't remember it being called president, the presidential fitness exam or anything oh, like that. I, I just remember like once a year we had to run a mile and try to do a pull up and <laughs> oh, wait, Jordan, did you do this in lower school or middle school? Yeah, I did it in Virginia. That's probably why it was called the presidential fitness test because you were in Virginia. Oh, I guess. Well, Bush was president. I Actually, know, I guess no, closer. it was when Clinton was president. No, you're just closer to DC, so they like give a shit about politics. Oh, that's true. Yeah, the further away you get, I think the less likely they are to call the presidential witness test. <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, mine was um, in Texas, so. <laughs> yeah, super far. <laughs> the Patriot America Golden Eagle <laughs> fitness test. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Lily and Hank are missing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I liked the excuse though. Like she, she got out of doing it because she had cramps. Cause basically from age, once you Mm -hmm. learn about like, you know, in like fourth or fifth grade, when you learn like what your period is and then you're like, oh, I can say that I have cramps at any time (laughs) out of anything from like age 12 to whenever you want. Um, but it's yeah, still a valid do. excuse, though. <laughs> I, know. I try. I don't. I don't use it as an excuse. No. But if well, you mention it, people are usually like, "Ooh." There's a like, study that over. came out recently that said period cramps can be as painful as a heart attack. I was just about to oh say my. that. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That I was. I read the same so, thing. And yeah. yeah so women, we Take literally just work through heart attack pain. You're yep. fucking welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mia moving forward. (laughs) Moving forward. Mia is, of course, obsessing again about where Lily and Hank could be. And she says something really funny about Lily could be in Mensa, but she chooses not to be because it's hopelessly (laughs) bourgeois. (laughs) And I thought that was that was one of my favorite lines, I guess. That is Um, fantastic. We should put that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Mensa is hopelessly bourgeois. No, just hopelessly bourgeois. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then there's um, also the funny conversation about Michael's video game. Yes. Where we'll obviously talk about it now, but later during the pop culture segment, we will dissect okay. who all these people are. We can talk about it during pop culture. But um, no, no, no. I, it's, it's a great video game idea, yeah. though. It's Decapitate so, the Backstreet Boys. An amazing, <laughs> amazing. You level up. And you can decapitate in sync or 98 degrees. And the winner gets to carve their initials on Ricky Martin's naked chest. And when I read that, <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah, it's very violent. I do like post. that they have, because um, this is written in like a post-Columbine uh, like world where they were blaming video violent vi- video games on like school shootings and stuff and like bad <sighs> things happening. And it says he only got a B on this game uh, because the teacher said it wasn't violent enough for today's market, which yes. I just thought was in I think a that's funny little satire, nod. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. True. I've seen some really gross video games. <laughs> so <laughs> Mia heads over to the plaza for uh, her princess lessons, and she finds Mama there with Gromare, chitty chatting about the wedding, clearly in cahoots about the whole thing. Uh, Mama is drinking her tea with her pinky out. <laughs> Because she's from Indiana. And she says, when Mia offers her those cookies, she says, oh, how continental. Yeah, (laughs) that was funny. How continental. Um, So Mia, of course, you know, thinks, we talked about the dress a little bit last time, um, how she really wants to wear the dress. And she asks Grandmere, can I wear it to something else? And Grandmere says, oh, pink is so inappropriate for anything but a wedding. And and fact. Yet another <laughs> grammaire manipulation. <laughs> I had that um, qu- uh, highlighted too when um, it because because uh, what um, grammaire like distracts Mia because Mia's trying to say like mm-hmm. grandma's like y'all we don't she doesn't want this she doesn't want this and then grammaire says oh uh, Vigo didn't the shoes that match the dress just come in and Mia says it was cruel it was underhanded it was mm-hmm. grandmare all over. <laughs> yes <laughs> true uh so philippe says he's handling it but uh quickly i wanted to take a minute i think you guys are going to find this very interesting to talk a little bit about the plaza and what it costs to have a wedding there yes please oh, cool. so the for anyone who doesn't know the plaza is a 20-story luxury hotel and condominium apartment building in midtown manhattan nyc opened in 1907 little history so i looked into what the grand royal suite costs per night do you guys want to guess oh yeah like wait ali you go first guess go first um per night in man per night uh like twelve thousand. wait are we wait are we guessing today or back then doesn't matter i have both okay oh i have have an inflation oh i'm so excited today's and uninflated it for 2001 (laughs) i have an inflation thing for later too okay Okay. sorry ali so what was your guess uh, 12,000 per night. 12,000. Okay. Francis? Okay. A night. And this is the penthouse? This is the Grand Royal the grand, penthouse. The Grand Royal penthouse. Okay. I'm going to say in the early 2000s, 4,500 a night. And today, 15. You guys are way off. It oh. today would cost you $35,000 <laughs> to oh stay in the penthouse. That's which more than my car. Adjusted. <laughs> I think that's more than all of our cars. <laughs> Um, to, in which in 2001 would have been around 24000 It is the third most expensive room in New York City. The first being the Ty Warner penthouse at the Four Seasons, 45000 a night. The second is a 
pretty equivalently priced presidential suite at the St. Regis. And the cheapest room rate I could find was $716 a night for like a basic room on like a Wednesday. (laughs) Plaza? Yeah. Oh, wow. So in terms of wedding, this was interesting. The minimum per person, so per guest fee to have a wedding at the Plaza is $350 a head with a 200 person minimum a $12,000 event fee, and a 23% admin fee. So for food, bev, and room, $100,860. That doesn't include flowers or table rentals or any of that stuff. Ew. I tried to look up um, flower cost Mm -hmm. because they were asking in the book they specifically mentioned um, long summarizes, and they were – uh oh right it was they they were like on the phone and they're like no not four hundred four thousand and i was trying to find like an equivalent and i couldn't like sure it's it's exorbitant yeah i would have had to call someone and i was like i don't want to be weird (laughs) i'm pretty sure (laughs) a dozen long stem roses is like a hundred dollars like it's expensive roses long stem yeah Yeah. So anyway, that was a little fun fact for you. That is wild. What it's like to be rich. (laughs) Yeah, thirty five thousand a night. Like, that's so much more (laughs) than y'all guess. Like, that's insane. I don't think I would have thought it was that much either. I mean, that's like a lot of people's like annual salary. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Who stays there, Oprah? Yeah. Stays there. And uh, the Dowager Princess. So anyway. Dowager Princess. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, Mr. G has officially moved in and brought all his cool stuff with him. Uh, And Mia thinks she's really clever for just calling him Hey. So she doesn't (laughs) have to call him Frank. (laughs) No one's ever done that before. You have? Uh, I definitely, I mean, that age though, I think that makes sense. I think I'll probably do the same. I'm sure, I mean, because this, like she says earlier, this they've barely been in a relationship for long. It's, like, not had much time to settle in. He's gone very rapidly from being her algebra teacher to her stepdad. <laughs> yeah. I did have a oh, moment where I thought that it was, I confused it with Gilmore Girls because it does, it they tend to blend together now that I'm rereading these. Um, and mm-hmm. I thought that they decided that they were going to call him a different name. Which is what Rory does oh, with um, right with Max Medina. Max Medina, Max Medina's nuts. <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's another podcast. Sorry, guys, we're not stealing. Sorry, um, Gilmore guys. Uh, but yeah, I thought yeah, I thought it was funny that she was just like, <laughs> look how clever I am. He doesn't even notice. <laughs> she probably I've very much does. People, hey, whose name I don't remember. Hey. Uh, or like, or like when you're in that awkward moment of becoming an adult and other much older adults say like, yes. Oh, don't, don't call me Mrs. Smith. Just call mm-hmm. me Judy. And I'm like, I can't call an adult by their first name. Judy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, that, that is truly why I call Jordan's mom. M-O-M. Mm-hmm. I could not right. for the life. I could never call her by her first name. That would be so mm-hmm. scary. Right. So weird. <laughs> yes. My so childhood. Weird. Yeah. My childhood friends, I will never be able to call their parents their first names. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No way. No. no. Um, so I guess that evening Mia's IMing and Josie rocks is like, are you coming to Rocky horror? And then this in her mind seals the deal. It's Michael has to be no way that it's not. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. yeah. 
And it just, that part, that, that was, it's frustrating because it's so like, Michael has already asked you. Michael right. himself has already asked you, why would he be hiding behind mm-hmm. a screen name? Why and she brings he- that up later. Um, yeah. And one of my one of my favorite quotes, actually. Ooh. So she's like, oh, my God, can't wait to go to school and, you know, see if Michael's Josie rocks, even though we Clearly know he's he not. Clearly <laughs> he is not. Um, and so I guess that morning she realizes Mr. G's not at school. And she says, like, oh, we played foosball at the loft together. But he said he was coming in later. So I guess it's, like, much later. <laughs> that should that be our first clue <laughs> right that is very smart of them though for mm-hmm. they must know Mia so well that's very oh, yeah. smart of them to be like well she needs to see us in the morning or she'll be suspicious <laughs> yeah otherwise she's not gonna notice a thing she's gonna be like oh that's so weird I saw him this morning anyway yeah <laughs> she didn't dive into that one too much so Hank the oh, superstar arrives dressed in all black. Like kind of a chic cowboy outfit. <laughs> He's a very chic cowboy. It turns out Lily was helping him realize his dream of becoming a model. Um, and there's this really goofy moment where Hank is like, your friend Lily has done something no one else has done for me. And Mia's like, I knew they had sex. <laughs> and it's like, no, it's not always about that. And then he's like, you know, she helped me become a model. And Lily makes a good point when Mia's kind of like, well, why did you, why didn't you just tell us? And Lily says, you would have laughed if Hank told you he wanted to be a model. She's like, no, I wouldn't have. But absolutely she would have. She would have been like, what a fucking podunk idiot. <laughs> Thinks he can make it in NYC. And I'm so a then- I'm shocked that Lily didn't laugh though. That's weird to me. Yeah. And especially given what they say about her disdain for the modeling industry. Yeah. Right. I mean, they bring that up and she, she has two great quotes here. She says, do you have any idea how fragile the male ego is? Which is one of (laughs) her responses. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) That's one of her responses when they're like, why didn't you say anything? And then she also says, the most eleemosynary are often martyred uh, because she's Lily and she likes to be smarter than everyone else. Um, but then the best moment. Oh, wait, can I read this? Please. This is, I have this as a quote that I, is one of my favorites highlighted. Um, so like Hank is say is at the front of the table and he's saying, mm-hmm. you know, Lily, great job. Thank you. Love you. Um, I'm a model now. <laughs> and Lily is eating a ring ding at the time and Hank, Mia says, my cousin Hank laid such a kiss on Lily Moskowitz, I thought he might just suck that ring ding right back up again. (laughs) So he kisses her to thank her. And that is, wow, wow, the imagery. Must have been a big one. Uh, what's a ring ding is it like a it's like a it's like a little debbie type like of snack okay yeah, yeah. it's kind of like um like i guess a, like a twinkie right doesn't it have filling i, I think that but i think the ring ding like. is like the this it's a circle that's chocolate that, and then yeah. it has like mm. like a twinkie it does have like oh, frosting in the middle yeah okay i've eaten these doesn't it I've have yeah, like sure. a little swirl on top okay. no it's it's like a little cake can you see that? It's got oh, like yeah. it's like a chocolatey cake with some cream filling and then coated in like a chocolate shell. That sounds kind of good. It does sound kind of good. <laughs> so Boris is like 
Francis, would you like to? <laughs> oh gosh, yes, I would love to. Um, so Gor- Goris, Boris obviously is not happy about this exchange between Lily and Hank. Um, so he gets up, follows Hank, and says, "Not so fast, hot shot," <laughs> and punches him in the face. Right, and he breaks in the his own off. hand, unfortunately, which is actually oh, kind yes. of traumatic for a musician yes and freaking mia is like yay we don't have to listen to him play mauler anymore i know it's so mean yeah what a jerk but like (laughs) whenever hank says that's my girl you had your lips all over and then mia has like a whole like i wish someone would say that about me Mm -hmm. that i was his girl of course you know i wanted to be michael um but i was like that is so teenage girl (laughs) I wish a boy would say that I was his girl like oh yeah yeah I wish somebody would punch somebody else for me in my honor yes exactly yeah yeah I wish a boy liked me enough to punch another boy (laughs) oh god so embarrassing yep so yeah poor Boris breaks his hand uh but Hank's model face is unmarred (laughs) um and then shortly after uh Mia makes a list of reasons Michael won't admit he's Josie Rocks. They're all fairly solid reasons. Um, but reason number five, it might actually be the guy who hates it that they put corn in the chili. Oh my goodness. Yet again, this that's like so, the fourth mention. Is, yeah, especially in this one. I wonder if she if she already had plans. I guess. Or else she, she would I don't think she'd have brought it up so much. Yeah. Like cause it's definitely, definitely planting the seed. Cause he's yes. not I mean, he's kind of, I guess he must be sprinkled in throughout, but we don't really mm. see him again until book nine? Seven. Like seven? Yeah, you don't meet him until book seven. Yeah, spoiler alert. The guy spoiler who alert. put corn in the chili is a real person. Yes. And <laughs> oh, he comes him. back. Okay. Yeah, he he's, he's back. actually a big character in the later yeah. books. Okay. The, what, I really like how our queen, Meg Cabot, wrote the... Uh, getting ready for the wedding lead up to the wedding as the Mm -hmm. English journal entry and it's sort of just like a time an activity entry and you just follow the timeline of the evening and like kind of watch it all unfold I liked how she did that that. basically what happens Mia is you know back at the loft and realizes that after many many games of foosball Helen and Mr. G are gone and she does this freaking weird thing where she's obsessing about not going into the room because she's worried that they're like having sex in there so yeah <laughs> as if they wouldn't like you would hear that like through a door and it's also it's been like hours <laughs> yeah <laughs> um just another instance of her like wacky thought process yeah the amount of times that she like thinks about her mom or dad like having sex is so gross to me like mm-hmm. I never would have thought about that or had put my brain even in that hemisphere of like I wonder if my parents are is that why the door is shut no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah no totally that's uh not would not be my thought my thought would be like are they dead <laughs> or just or like, are they sh- like maybe they're showering yeah. yeah like that was always the clue like not don't go and like people might be naked for showering reasons, not right. for like sexy time reasons. <laughs> Speaking of that, I Ooh. saw when I was eleven, accidentally saw my friend's dad in the shower. 
It was awful. It's one of the worst <laughs> memories of my entire life. <laughs> um, oh it was when God. I lived in Virginia. So, <laughs> so but sorry, I'm buddy. sure that it's never left any of our brains who were involved. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so, so Helen and Mr. G are nowhere to be found, and somehow they just like make an excuse for them. They're like, "Oh yeah, they made mm-hmm. different plans. Clear- clearly, they just made different plans, and yeah. they're going to meet us at the plaza, obviously." And so Mia gets in the limo, and <laughs> at seven fifteen, begins to rain again. Mama observes that rain on a wedding day is bad luck. Grandmare says, no, that's pearls. Mima says, no, rain. First signs of division within formerly united ranks of grandmas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Um, yeah. I've always heard rain is good luck, but I think that's just to make brides feel better when it yeah. rains. Yeah, it rained on my wedding day, so I hope it's good luck. <laughs> no. And I did not wear pearls. Um, so, yeah, because Philippe, I, I think Philippe does a good job at, like, making up reasons of like why they're not around like oh she's getting her hair done somewhere else she's taking a nap you know they he does a good enough job of like warding off not suspicion but like active searching for her (laughs) i think well and he's he's just moving forward he's just like Mm -hmm. yeah come on like we're going to the plaza we're gonna get ready we're gonna do and i thought i thought it was so funny that um after they leave shea paolo mia says Mama no longer looks like mom in John Hughes' film, but member of Upscale Country Club. (laughs) (laughs) I liked that. Yeah. And there, oh, there was a harsh moment when Mia first realizes they're gone and she calls Philippe and he's like, it's fine. Don't you trust me? And she's like, no. And he's like, why? And she Mm -hmm. says, because you lied to me my whole life. And it was just kind of like a fair, but now. (laughs) Yeah, we do see which I mean, we'll touch on and I'm sure in just a few minutes, but yeah, we do see a bit of a reconciliation between me and Philippe. Not, I don't know. We'll get to it. We'll get to it in a minute. Yeah, um, I actually want to talk anyway. about that. Yeah. Um, so Very at nice the summer. wedding, we get a lot of po- dated pop culture. So many. It's so fun. Drops. Very fun. Um, and I'm very excited for pop culture though because there I have I looked up everyone to make sure I knew who they were and oh, one of them's very excited exciting excited. Mm-hmm. There's another instance of different in our print versus the older print slash oh, really? audiobook. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you yeah. what it is when we get to okay. it. Okay. Um, so eventually it's like after eight and it's clear that they're not coming and Philippe gets up and is like, "Sorry, they've given us the slip. They've gone to Mexico to elope." But we're still going to have a party. And he gives Mia the letter from Helen where she explains, I didn't want you to have to lie to Grammaire and we'll have a nice ceremony when we're back. Do we um, want to read it? It's pretty short without the yeah, um, in-betweens. In so Helen says, Dear Mia, by the time you read this, Frank and I will be married. I'm sorry I couldn't tell you sooner, but when your grandmother asks if you knew... And she will ask you, I wanted to be sure that you could say truthfully that you didn't, so there won't be any ill feelings between the two of you. More than anything, Frank and I wanted you to be there for our wedding, so we have decided that when we get back, we're going to have another ceremony. This one will be kept strictly secret and very private with just our family and friends. You have... You have been a tower of strength during this crazy time, Mia, and I want you to know how much I, as well as your father and stepfather, appreciate it. You're the best daughter a mother could have, and this new little guy or girl is the luckiest baby in the world to have you as a big sister. Missing you already, mom. Aww, it's a really sweet nice. letter. It's very nice. And, yes. And it's, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that it does kind of wrap up that 
Mm-hmm. Like there was kind of a lot of pressure on Mia. Like obviously right. we know there is. <laughs> the and it acknowledgement and, of it is nice. Yes. And Mia does get to talk to her on the phone at some point. And um, I guess during the evening, she finds out that they got married. And Helen's like, is my mom upset? And Mia lies and says she oh, is, yeah. even though Mamma's having like the yeah. best time. <laughs> yeah. Who she? She's dancing with someone famous, right? Yeah, I don't remember. There was so many I know, there's so many names. like weird mentions. Right. Um, and then... You know, there's just another tough moment with Philippe and Mia where Philippe's like, I haven't done so bad by you, have I? And Mia's like, you've been okay. Yeah, she says, okay. I Yeah, <laughs> you've been okay. And it's so, uh, I mean, she's, t- I, I'm sure she's telling the truth from her perspective. Right. But it is very, that's a hard, hard mm-hmm. line. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yes. Especially I'm- for Philippe, I'm sure. I'm not a parent, but I do have some dogs who I treat as children. And if (laughs) one of them told me I was an okay parent, that would, like, gut me. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Grammaire, obviously distraught over this happening. Her perfect wedding has been thwarted uh, by her own son, no less. And so she kind of holds up in her room and Mia and Philippe go to try to get her to come out and – Eventually, Mia kind of gives it a try with like a, you said a princess has to always like put on a good face and blah, blah, blah. And she comes out and claims she was just up there freshening her lipstick, which as we learned in book one, may never be done in public. (laughs) So that tracks. (laughs) Um, But there's this really sweet moment. I want to read this quote, if you all would indulge me. Please, please. Um, So Grammaire comes out of the room um, and agrees to go back down to the party with them. So she slipped her hand through the crook of my elbow. Then without looking at my dad, she said, come along. I saw my dad roll his eyes at this blatant diss, but he didn't look scared the way I would have been. Hold on, Grammaire, I said. Then I slipped my hand through the crook of my dad's elbow. So the three of us were standing in the hallway linked by, well, by me. And I just think that you don't see a whole lot how like deeply connected these three characters are by their royal status. Like they are the only three in this really, really unique club and it's not addressed a whole lot, but I think it's so interesting to like see these moments of togetherness with them. Um, And it really stuck out to me in this section specifically. And I thought it was really cool how she did that it was her profound (laughs) moment yes Yes. excellent point yeah I yes I noted that as well um because it was just such it was a really nice moment and especially it was nice she heard when Philippe is trying to get um Grandmere out of the bathroom and um Mm -hmm. and Mia makes the real decision like I'm gonna take uh, let me try let me try this yeah and she really kind of possesses what Grandmere has taught her and it's it is it's a nice moment it's a nice moment too especially coming after she has told Philippe that he's done an okay job she has this moment of realization and she sees I think a little bit of the pressure that he was under she sees maybe a little bit too firsthand of what he probably had to deal with growing up which was a mom who what who did things that were probably not very nice and then Mm -hmm. if things didn't go her way she would just shut people out Mm -hmm. including her son and that's 
horribly confusing for a child. And even if the child is an adult man, that's still confusing and hurtful. And to have Mia say like, no, we're not doing this anymore. We're going to all be together and we're going to be joined together and I'll be the one that does that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I agree. I think it's, it's a good, a good moment moment. of growth. Hmm. So yeah, they head back to the party um, and oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm saying um so much. <laughs> they had I'll party. cut them all out. Sorry. Okay. And uh, Philippe is just kind of like, don't you have somewhere you want to be? Like, this is not your mom's wedding. <laughs> it's just a party now. And so she gets to go to Rocky Horror. And Martha Stewart makes her into Glinda the Good Witch with her crystal drink stirs. And <laughs> yeah, and the menus. Brown. But I, I think she know folded th- them into like a paper. Oh, thank goodness you're here because I was so confused. <laughs> I think she just like I taped them all together. Kind of. I was like, what are you talking about, Martha Stewart? It says she's a bit in the cups. So I was like, like, but then Mia says it looks good. So I, I like, think she probably this? folded them into like that a makes, nice. That does make more sense. Origami crown. <laughs> And Lars is James Bond, obviously. I would quickly like us all mm-hmm. to talk about our favorite Halloween costumes. I already know what yours is. Can I say yours? <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you talk about it. You don't talk about it a lot, but like you've talked about it clearly enough in the past yes. 15 years that I know. I'm going to post a picture of it. Jordan's favorite so Halloween costume. And also, it is very creative. Good job, MOM. Jordan dressed up as Santa Claus one year. <laughs> <laughs> And the Tooth Fairy one year. Oh, I didn't know about the Tooth Fairy. Yes, my mom was one of the moms who, like, made all the costumes, and she committed. One year, my dad was, like, a jack-in-the-box, which was kind of funny. I'm shocked that CD agreed to that. (laughs) Back in his heyday, man, he went to all the Halloween parties. I'm sure. I'm sure he cut a rug. I Um, bet. (laughs) Allie, what was – yeah, I'm going to post a picture of me as Santa because it's the creepiest thing you've ever seen No, it's really cute. It's really good. But, yeah, sorry, Allie. What is your (laughs) favorite? Allie thinks it's creepy. (laughs) Because it is. Doesn't it have, like, a plastic mask on the face? It's not plastic. It was fabric. But, yes, it's full full mask. (laughs) (laughs) scary. Oh, gosh. I had a lot of homemade costumes as well growing up from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Like, little, like – Little Bo Peep and my sisters were the sheep. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's and, like, fun. Always like Wait, a book, like, book characters. Yes, I'm the oldest. Oh, okay. So that's why you got to be Little Bo Peep. Yes. <laughs> that's and like that that children's book series, Amelia Bedelia. One time I was Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> that's <laughs> cute. So good. And yeah. <clears throat> but oh, last year, last year as an adult, I was a killer bee, and that was fun. Like Ooh, that is I had oh yeah. My neck was sliced open, but I was a cute bumblebee outside of that, but I was a killer bee. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, that was a cool, that's a cool one. Francis, what's your, what are your highlights? Um, I remember really loving being um, Snow White when mm. I was really, really little. Um, and then more recently, I had a really good, when I met up with you downtown, I was Ace Ventura, which I really liked. It was oh, a really fun yeah. one. Yeah. Fun. When I had that big dress that Oh yeah, yeah. Our you had made. that cool like Pride and Prejudice dress. Yeah. Those dresses I don't know were if it was cool. Pride and Pre- yeah. Jordan, remember one time for Halloween I was Yes, I was, I was the- gonna bring that up. What was that? I was a- well, we dressed as devil and well you dressed as a devil and then I didn't yes. know what to dress as, so I just like 
glommed onto your costume and I was like, I'll be an angel. <laughs> yes. That was the first Halloween we ever hung out. To, I think it was in I, 2010. Together, or weren't we at Clemson together once for Halloween? Or it was like around Halloween. Yeah. And I was a box of Franzia. No, Next. that was your birthday. <laughs> Matt um, was a box of Franzia one time. <laughs> no, I was a box of Franzia more than once. Yeah, Matt went oh, all out. Sense. Matt is Allie's husband. Matt went all out <laughs> with, um, he like put the bag inside his costume and like had a spout. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Did he people make people could... slap the bag? No, because he had the box around him. It was well, of course. <laughs> yes. And then people could get wine out of his belly <laughs> that's incredible yeah, that's that pretty cool that wasn't that long the, oh speaking of matt one year he and i i told someone this recently he and i were supposed to go as charlie brown and linus <laughs> and i freaking was linus and he shows up at my apartment dressed as a freaking lumberjack <laughs> and i was like i thought we were doing the charlie brown and linus thing it would have been less bad if I had been Charlie Brown because Charlie Brown can kind yeah. of stand alone. <laughs> I was so another, mad. Another costume I that I did that is like a throwback to the early 2000s, like a couple of years ago, I was, remember these like Lisa Frank, like yes. sticker, like I had all the stickers, I had the binder, I had pencil cases, everything Lisa Frank. And I dressed as I dressed up as like one of the animals of Lisa Frank. So I was like covered in oh, felt. That, cool. that was that all really like cool. beyond splotches. And that that's cool. awesome. Do you have a picture of that? <laughs> oh, somewhere. I would like to post that. <laughs> that's really cool. Or at least yeah, see that it. Really that's cool. awesome. Okay. I miss Lisa Frank. Oh, same. Anyway. Never mind. We've. I feel like we spent too much time on this. <laughs> we can't keep going. This is not a Halloween costume. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, moving on. So Mia heads out to go to Rocky Horror, and on the way out, in an effort to try to make up for her <laughs> her problematic interview, she's like, Albert Einstein High School is the best school ever, and the teachers are wonderful, <laughs> and takes off. Um, and so when they get to Rocky Horror, she sees, she spots her friends in line, and Michael got two extra tickets in case Mia and Lars could make it. Super nice. Kenny um, didn't do that. No, Kenny didn't do that. Mm-mm. Okay, so just a little background on Rocky Horror. Um, I love Rocky Horror so much, and just kind of to put it in context of like what it is, it's it was uh, it was released in 1975. I actually did the budget. So the budget was 1.5 million, which is I know that sounds like a lot even now, but it's actually a teeny tiny budget mm-hmm. to in today's money it would be like a little over six and a half million which is still a tiny tiny budget the movie mm-hmm. i did last fall was we had a 10 million dollar budget and like you would have it, it was awful it was so low budget <laughs> like yeah sorry um, this works in production <laughs> um, well then we got a famous person on and the budget went up to 50 but still oh wait um, who was it you can cut this out <laughs> uh it's not coming if the movie's not gonna be released we didn't finish it it was russell crowe Ooh. Oh yeah. damn! Yeah, a that's why last. Celeb. Well, last year I we went as a murder of crows. <laughs> I thought of that. That's funny. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Back to Good Rocky stuff. Horror. So, um, super super low budget. Um, the man who wrote it is a guy named Richard O'Brien. I believe it's O'Brien. Um, he plays Riff Raff in the show mm-hmm. as well. So it was kind of just something he did offhand because he was like super broke and unemployed. So he was like, I'm just gonna write this musical that I like and like it was a very um it paid tribute to science fiction b horror movies 
there's a whole cast of characters. I mean, we have Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, Barry uh, Bostwick, and um, Patricia Quinn, Nell Campbell. Um, Meatloaf is in it. There's Who is Meatloaf? Is he the guy on the motorcycle? Yes. And also Jordan and perhaps Allie as well, because I think, well, we're all the same age. Meatloaf is the bus tour bus driver in Spice in World. Spice World, yeah, I yeah. knew that because um, he says, "I'd do, do it. I love those girls. I'd do anything for them, but I won't, but I won't do that." Do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it, it's just it's just this incredible movie. It basically it follows these uh, this young couple, and they get stuck in the rain, and their car gets like messed up, so they have to go into this castle. And um, also, please excuse any. Um, older words that are no longer accept- acceptable but when it was created uh tim curry plays dr frankenfurter an eccentric bisexual transvestite scientist right so and this movie was made in the 70s so obviously language has evolved since then when we ex- when we talk about the lgbtq plus mm-hmm. community even like the q and the plus are relatively new right um, and we don't say transvestite right anymore, we don't say I'm transvestite sure. but even um uh yeah no we don't say that anymore but yeah. back in the day that was the way that people referred to themselves mm-hmm. so it wasn't it yeah it wasn't derogatory just um, a sweet transvestite yes i mean it's amazing <laughs> so anyway so the reason that it became such a cult phenomenon was because it is considered the first midnight movie oh um, yes so it is fun. traditionally played at midnight around halloween or you know like whenever but it's a, a lot of a lot more theaters played around halloween and basically this group of friends started trying to make each other laugh and they created a dialogue with the screen and it's everything from whenever you hear janet's name you say damn it to Mm -hmm. uh janet's getting out of the car and she right she puts a um, newspaper over her head and you say um buy an umbrella you cheap bitch (laughs) and it's it's all so silly and it's so fun but um it really became a kind of a haven for people in the lgbtq plus community because they Mm -hmm. were allowed to go there in full drag and express themselves wear makeup like the wilder you were the more accepted you were and it's it's never received a lot of great critical reception but it's become this cult classic because it is very it's unlike any movie i have seen in my life i love film and i i there's no movie i can compare it to there's nothing that it is it's very unique yes it's very unique it's a musical but it has like horror elements it has glam rock it has punk rock it has all these crazy things and so many people have emulated it and used it as Mm -hmm. inspiration um but anyway it's just it's an amazing movie if you haven't seen it or if you have if if you haven't seen it and you go to theaters to see it i will warn you right now we're not supposed to do this but you have to tell them if you're a virgin if you haven't seen it that's the no if you're a virgin like you haven't seen it like they'll pop your cherry and they're gonna write a big v on your forehead and red lipstick and i i'm telling you right now it'll be the best night of your life you're gonna have so much fun i've never but, been oh, i've haven't? seen it but i've never been oh to like God. a minute showing your cherry <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um it, hold on i have a question don't you also like take your pants off or something you don't have to 
but like that's a part of it right at some yeah, point there's, no there, i know of course you don't have to you but. don't have to do anything but yeah there's different um little things like when they do the toast you say to toast and you throw toast at the screen um so you and, bring toast yeah yeah that's you bring so lots funny. of props there's a like lot to when, bring yeah whenever it's raining you open an umbrella um there's yeah there's a few different things but anyway, yeah, so that is what Rocky Horror is. So that's what they're going to see. And that's a pretty traditional thing for Halloween, especially mm-hmm. in larger cities like New York. So they go see it and they have fun. Um, but Kenny, Kenny sneaks his way into sitting next to Mia. So mm-hmm. Mia's basically sandwiched in between Mia and Michael. And she's like, huh, that's so Funny. weird. I wonder why he did that. <laughs> I know. So like, weird. Still yeah, not getting it get a clue and she and he's like looking at her to see if she's laughing yeah. just like michael is and at this point she's like that should have been my next clue mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so they go to the diner after the movie and kenny reveals himself not yeah. reveals himself but reveals <laughs> himself to be josie rocks <laughs> and she is super bummed but there's a great moment where she notices michael noticing that kenny is like into her and yeah. like michael is like looking to lars to like put a stop to it or mm-hmm. like panicking um and it kind of and then also he tells her she looks really nice in her dress and it's clearly yeah. a moment and the fact that she's still so down on like the fact that he's not josie rocks is like have a little perspective right because he's Cause clearly into you well and she says to when kenny is revealed to be josie rock she has a very i mean she's young so I, you can't expect too much of her but she says he asks her out and she says i couldn't say no she says but you can't just say no i don't want to go out with you ever mm-hmm. because that would be too mean and i like kenny i really do he's funny and sweet and everything but i do do i want his tongue in my mouth not so much and it's uh, it is a very relatable mm-hmm. like conundrum for a high schooler because you do have yes. situations where you have to tell people like you have to break up with people or tell them you're not interested or whatever and yeah it is it sometimes can be overwhelming to say like no i don't i'm sorry i don't like you like that yeah Allie, have like- you ever been in that situation oh yeah or had a I- secret admirer oh Ooh. yeah I underlined a similar one to what Francis just said. Like, not that there's anything wrong with Kenny. There totally isn't. He's a really, really nice guy. I mean, I really like Kenny. Really, I do. But he's not Michael Moskowitz. And I've totally, like, felt, or, yeah, like, in high school, like, all your little friends are like, you know, so-and-so likes you, so-and-so likes you. He's going to talk to you. He he said he's going to talk to you. And it's like, I was like, what like I mean he's nice but ew like no um, stuff like Aww. that like yeah. I never never like I always had the it seemed like the boys who like liked me in high school were always the like just like the the friends like I was always the one that was like no I just want to be your friend yeah, <laughs> yeah. the ultimate friend and that was it. yeah like that that was it I never had anything like serious in high school because I just had a lot of like oh he's nice but no ew and the like guys that I always thought were like the cute ones were never I was not cool enough <laughs> <laughs> I guess I think that's how Mia kind of feels um did you ever yeah. have a secret admirer uh secret I don't think so. Francis, did you? I a little bit. Do you remember senior? I don't remember this kid's real name. We everyone called him Peaches. 
Um, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. He sent me like a oh, flower and stuff on Valentine's Day. Oh, that's and, nice. Yeah. And then he like. He was younger than us though. Yeah. He was younger than us. He was like, he was a sophomore when we were in, I don't know why he was in our He was in our sci- our bio class. He was class. in our science class. Yeah. But, and he yes. was, yeah. I don't know um, what his real name was either. I don't, yeah. I have no idea. I was trying to remember. I know I could look in the yearbook, but it's more fun to say peaches. But yeah, he for some reason took a shine to me um and like sent me <laughs> he uh yeah he like sent me a flower and stuff on valentine's day one of the a flower? yeah That's remember oh the flowers student yeah. government thing yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's nice yeah I and i oh, can't sorry. remember if he wrote i think he wrote a note or something um but yeah obviously mm. i was not interested <laughs> mm, well that'll yeah. happen yeah. yeah. Mia also, like, um, in this section, Mia also describes Kenny as six foot tall and totally gawky. And I was like, is that a bad thing? Like, it's funny how, like, <laughs> at, at 14, she's like, ew, he's six foot tall. That's too tall. But now as, like, an adult, I feel like we want, I mean, I don't know, it's... It, it's like well, and, you want I mean, a taller per- partner. Yeah, not to call out Matt, but is he not? Is he like? Isn't he like six five? Is he? Is he? He's six nine, right? Shut yes. up! Are you serious? Yeah, yes, he's a I giant. married. Yeah, oh I married God. the tallest, most gawkiest of them all. So yeah, but was... you're quite tall, so you don't look freakish together. Yes, and I just also wanted to note, like I know it's not, it doesn't happen a lot in this section of the book, but as I've been reading the first two books so far. Mia is so obsessed and embarrassed by how tall she is. And she's 5'9", and I am 5'9", and I have <laughs> size 10 feet. And I'm like, God, she, like, hates herself. I don't remember, I don't remember, like, hating how tall I was. But I do, I can relate and remember being like, oh, my God, my feet are massive when I was only, like, 14 years old and like my my best friend she could whenever we were like shopping together her feet would fit right into the shoes that were like on display and I would always (laughs) have to go like digging in the boxes at the bottom for like the size 10 shoe I never noticed your feet looking large I know they don't but you know they probably look normal yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah at 14 you think everything is wrong with Mm you right but yeah I she like hates how tall she is she keeps noting she's five nine and I'm like I'm 5'9". Five 5'9 nine. <laughs> <laughs> is definitely not a freakish height for I know. a woman. No. It's like But normal. I think as a 14-year-old, though, that's like yeah. before guys uh, hit puberty. Yeah. So yes, they probably, probably all were a bunch of like 5'2", 14-year-old boys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, she's towering over them. Yeah. Except Kenny. <laughs> Except Kenny. Kenny got Except, his growth yeah. spurt early. Yeah. Good for him. That's so <sighs> I can't believe that's six nine yeah. sorry that's like we don't have to dwell on it but damn <laughs> he will be joining us on a later episode yeah we'll talk about it then we'll, we'll talk back. about it we'll get into it um i think yeah, i have some pictures from from prom so yeah so it is it is revealed that kenny is in fact in fact jesse rocks and mm-hmm. michael doesn't handle it well which <laughs> no. should be a another sign to Mia mm-hmm. that that she could jump on this that she could yeah. say like oh no I'm sorry well you know what I mean jump on, <laughs> so or jump on this opportunity I know what you mean it jump on this funny. opportunity jump on this dick um <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 <laughs> Um, oh goodness she doesn't take it and michael is clearly super upset and then Mm -hmm. he kind of he takes he shoots his shot everyone yeah and he shoots his shot and he says 
I wanted to tell you that you look really pretty. And Mia says, I smiled up at him feeling just like Cinderella all of a sudden, which is such a sweet little line. Mm -hmm. Um, And she just says like thanks and gets in the limo and kenny kind of ruins the moment because he's like are y'all getting in here or what are we going? <laughs> yeah <laughs> stupid kenny yeah um, she she missed it though yeah she, she missed the moment anything. so we end with mia basically just agreeing she's agreed to go out with uh kenny mm-hmm. to see like an anime marathon which she doesn't seem to be interested in but she's going anyway mm-hmm. she doesn't want to go yeah and she no just, hate to anime fans. Anime is cool if you're into it, but I'm not. Do you think she's like the girl who's like too nice to ever say no that she ends up accidentally having Kenny as a boyfriend for like six months because she's too yes. nice to break <laughs> I think oh, that that I is know. spot on. Uh, okay. Yeah, I have no idea what happens in book three. Yeah. Well, um, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll talk stay about tuned. it. Yeah, so we basically just end with, end with that. End with Mia having a having a sleepover at Lily's and they Rocky horrorize dirty dancing and she says that Michael Moskovitz walking downstairs to breakfast uh wearing pajama bottoms and a robe and forgetting to tie the robe like he did once before which would actually make for a very profound moment if you ask me <laughs> a very <laughs> profound moment and, oh, and if that he's is into her, that's blatant, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like if you like, there's a boy you like, you're going to dress extra nice. And right. if there's a girl you like over at your house and you have an opportunity to like show off a little bit, you're going to Yeah, do it. Michael knows what he's doing. Michael he knows. knows what he's doing. Um, he knows. Allie, do you have any favorite lines that you haven't had a chance to go over yet? We, I, I read mean, my favorite. A lot of the favorites that, I mean, a lot of the things that have been quoted already. Oh my gosh, are we actually I underlined. like I think this is the first time that we've actually gotten through all of our favorite lines before we've gotten to favorite no, lines. No, there's a couple you didn't read. Me? At least oh. as a kid won't be born with the stigma of illegitimacy. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. This is there's actually yeah. I think that's it though. Yeah. I just have one that is kind of a piggyback on um episode five where uh we talked about in social norms, Mia and everyone's making this big Thing about being a bastard um yeah <laughs> like not a big deal at all but uh um Mia's talking about how Helen and Mr. G getting married before baby mm-hmm. possibly to be named Rocky is born um <laughs> spoilies spoilies sorry um and she says at least the kid won't be born bearing the stigma of Ill- illegitimacy like I've had to all my life <laughs> which like when has that been an issue Mia you're yeah. going to a very nice private school. You're fine. You're fine. She got the foie gras. She got the foie gras. <laughs> like, who's, what's the problem? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, when Mr. G moves in and he has his, like, Hell's Angels pinball machine, <laughs> and she, um, Mia's like, I know it's misogynistic and sexist and all, but it's also really, really neat. <laughs> I noticed yeah. that one, too. About that's the, so funny. The yeah, Hell's Angels girlfriends yeah. with the big boobs. <laughs> I think that's, that is such, like, a um, a high school feminist thing to say, because yes. I remember, like, I obviously, I was very much a high school feminist. Still am a feminist, just no longer in high school. But not a high school feminist. <laughs> no longer high school feminist. Because there's so many things. It's like, it's really hard to like, mm-hmm. be like, all this shit's happening and I'm trying to like stand my ground. But also like, this is a really cool pinhole machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Do you have any, Jordan, that you didn't get to? No, I read all mine. I okay. Think. Do you hear that? 
Do you do you hear a, I, a popping? I think it might be our pop culture machine. Is it time for know. our pop culture to pop? I think it might be pop time it for up. Our pop culture to pop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we talked about this a little bit earlier, just with the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Um, uh, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC were created by Lou Pearlman. Um, go ahead and watch the documentary, uh, The Boy Band Con. It's fascinating because Lou Pearlman mm. was a total con man and it's really really interesting but basically um after months and months and months of work in like sold out stadiums and like platinum albums uh NSYNC was gifted ten thousand dollars by Lou Pearlman for months of work that is like a mild spoiler for that documentary but it's very very interesting anyway boy bands uh there was, there were, the in, Backstreet Boys and Sync were boy bands in the 90s, and the 98 Degrees was not created mm-hmm. by Lou Pearlman, but they were active from 96 to 2002. They're from Ohio. Nick Lachey is kind of the only relevant one now. Relevant the, is generous. What? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we know who he is. Yeah. Because we grew up in the era of newlyweds. Very true, very true. Um, and then we have the Hells Angels. They originated March 17th, 1948. They were oh, wow. named after a flying squadron in World War One and World War Two. They became infamous um, when they were security at a Rolling Stones concert where one of the Hells, where they were security and one of the um, Hells Angels stabbed a concert goer and killed him. Um, oh, there's God. actually a really good documentary about that too. Oh shoot, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, look, just Google it. It's really, it's a really, really good documentary. Yeah, just Google Hells um, Angels stabbing. I'll <laughs> <laughs> catch you there. <laughs> it will. Oh uh, God, that's crazy. Um, Mia talks about Top Gun when Boris mm-hmm. is confronting um, Hank Honk. Uh, and uh, Top Gun's a, a Tom Cruise. I've never seen this movie because Tom Cruise freaks me out. <laughs> That's I've not. Never seen it. Yeah, it creeps me out. He creeps no, me out so bad. I, I've seen Risky Business, but like for, that's like as far as I can go with uh, Tom Cruise. One. He creeps. You me didn't out watch so Rock of Ages? Oh yeah, I did. I worked at a movie theater when that came out, so I did oh, see right. that. Um, yeah, that <laughs> so I did fun. see Rock of Ages. Yeah, Top Gun came out in 1986. I uh, the Wonder in Wonder Woman they name the uh, cat goose after one of the characters in top gun that's just Mm -hmm. a sidebar i didn't even write that down i just remember that anyway um so now we are going to move on to all of the famous people that were mentioned at the wedding we're going to go a little fast on this one because there's quite a few so we have the bridesmaids we have giselle bunchen who's still pretty relevant she's right she's married to tom brady she still does um campaigns every once in a blue but now she's famous enough that she can just kind of do whatever she wants to kate moss was um brought to prominence uh in the 90s uh she kind of she was most famous for portraying like the heroin chic look mm-hmm. and then we have amber valletta i, I did know not if- know this one okay i'm so excited you didn't okay. because you're gonna be very excited Ellie, do you know ready. who that is hold on to your butt Amber Valletta? Nope. No? Okay. And okay. my book has a different name. It doesn't have Kate Moss. Oh, who does Ooh, it okay. have? Oh, wait. Yeah. Who does it have before I tell it, you who it, that is? It says Carmen Cass, who I don't, I don't know. know who that is either. Oh, I'll Google So, anyways, okay, Amber. Yeah, you Google her and I'll tell you Valletta. who Amber Valletta is. She is a model turned actress and she is most known for playing Allegra Cole in Hitch. What? I know. I love that movie. Oh, yeah, me too. I like wow. that movie. Yeah. Um, they talk about Claudia Schiffer. She's not really like 
yeah she wasn't important enough for me to really look into carmen Um, cass is an estonian model and worked for calvin klein ralph loren dior gucci and so on okay cool um, so we have uh, Papaw looked like an elderly Matt Damon. I think, we all, <laughs> yes. I think Matt Damon's still relevant enough. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. Um, they mentioned Liz Smith being behind the piano um, when Philippe makes his announcement. Liz Smith was a gossip colon- columnist for Newsday, which, whatever. I just kind of had a note where I was like, I think that's weird because Grandmare outed Mia to the New York Post. Um, mm. But maybe she's just trying to cover all of her bases. <laughs> okay. So... I have this one's a really fun one because uh, okay. Mia mentions two first ladies. One is Barbara Bush. The second is uh, Imelda Marcos. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the first lady of the Philippi- Philippines, and she was actually exiled oh. uh, in the '90s because she and her husband, who was the prime minister i believe uh don't quote me on that um but anyway he was in charge he was like president or prime minister um they stole billions they embezzled billions and billions of dollars from the philippines and what? yeah and they are still in exile at this time i, I think she passed away but oh um, no, no no sorry they were in exile at that time but i think they were allowed back in like a couple of years or a few years ago and then like i think she, i believe she's passed away now because she was super old that's real interesting. Yeah. We have Prince Albert and Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. And then we mention that it's Andrew is married to Fergie, right? I don't know. I can't remember. One but of Andrew or Albert. Isn't was- Andrew the one who's like all caught up with this Epstein shit? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he is. So he's a gross creeper, gross guy. So <laughs> gross creeper, gross oh, guy. Yeah. My book my book says Prince Andrew, who didn't seem to be missing Fergie one bit. Okay. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Okay. So I actually have a little bit of a sidebar on Fergie. I actually um, was on the same island as her once, um, <laughs> and we like played beer pong with her kids. What? Um, yeah. Wait, where? Uh, it was. Uh, oh shoot! What was the name of the island? Oh no! Uh, Is it, it like was- in the Caribbean? Mm-hmm. It was what like we- in the bah- it was in Bahamas. Okay. Um, and my brother's senior year, we like chartered a plane down there because Stephen went to like a really fancy private school and so most of his friends were very wealthy so they like paid for basically we like paid half the house and they paid for us to get down there um anyway so like our first day there we were like all we all went to this restaurant and like my mom goes Fergie's here and I like turned because it was you know the mid 2000s and I was like what black eyed peas black eyed peas are here (laughs) For yep. delicious definition. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. Not the same. But her kids were there and like we Ooh. sort of like hung out. Like we like not partied, but we like it was like a open cabana kind of place and we like drank with them. Um but you I was didn't 14. Party. <laughs> um <Cool. laughs> yeah, that's and then of random course and interesting. Have, yeah. We have Martha Stewart, uh, who we talked a little bit about. Mm-hmm. She's a craft lady. <laughs> Did you say she's a craft lady? <laughs> yeah, she's a crafty lady. I guess she is. Martha Stewart is a crafty lady. Uh, then we have Gerald Ford, who is the 38th president. They mentioned Saving Private Ryan. That's what all the computer club was um, mm-hmm. oh, uh, yeah. dressed up as. That came out in 98. So that tracks. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, Boris was dressed up as Al Capone, who was a gangster who died of complications with syphilis. Um, as did Benny Franks, I believe. I could be making that up. Um, You're right. No, I think, I think I'm I've right. heard that. <laughs> uh, and then Lily was 
uh, dressed up as a Freudian slip. She was wearing a slip dress and was had a beard like Freud. Yeah, which I thought was really that cute. That was and very clever. funny. My yeah. mom texted me about that. <laughs> she and thought it was funny. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's all I so have. So quickly, my other note of difference, mm-hmm. other than the one Allie brought up, which I missed. Uh, in the book, in this book, the 2008 print, it says David Hasselhoff sits down at the baby grand yes. to play the piano. In the audiobook slash original print, it is John Tesh, who yeah. is a pianist. And yeah, I did look up that video of Hasselhoff singing on the Berlin Wall, and I love that you mentioned his piano scarf. I am upset that you neglected to mention the light-up jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that really does steal the show, doesn't it? Yes, and that was fascinating. Anyway, that was oh, an excellent pop culture section. Thank you. Thank you. All right, okay. so I I think we're – that's all of the um, pop culture references we have. Pop, 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 pop. Pop culture. <laughs> um, but I didn't have any real social norm. No, social norm. I guess you could argue that like Kenny and Michael debating who's going to pay for what is like a little bit dated, uh, but I think it's just nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could, I mean, it, it's really more defying social norms in terms of like Helen and Mr. G sneaking mm-hmm. off to elope. Like there's a, not a whole lot of um, instances that made me cringe. Yeah. Yeah. Regarding gender yeah. roles or anything. In this section. There's plenty in other sections. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Absolutely. So do we want to talk about our biggest bully? Yes. So I think we've decided that we are going to, moving forward in the final section of the book, we're going to choose the biggest bully for the book as a whole Mm -hmm. instead of just the section. And in my opinion, the biggest bully of this book is Grandmare. Yeah. Uh, she forces Mia to do this interview, gives her zero prep, does not give her any sort of talking points or things she can talk about about Genovia. You shouldn't even tell her the thing about the sand. Like she could mention how much better Genovia is because Monaco has to import their sand. And then she plans this wedding without anyone's consent. She is, And then after she is, isn't able to do that plan, she pouts about it but pretends like she doesn't care <laughs> yeah and she's so annoying and then she disses philly by not wanting to walk back to the wedding with him yeah yeah bitch. it's rude grandmare you a bitch you a bitch <laughs> <laughs> thus concludes our biggest bully but we can't talk about bullying Without, Without oh wait, I'm sorry. Hold on, Allie. Do you have a rebuttal to that? Oh, yeah, do you have absolutely. someone else you'd like to argue? I I think that was sound, but I I would love to hear some, and some other ideas. No, I agree. I I forgot about the interview honestly, but yes, I was so angry that she was forced to go into that interview just completely blind with no preparation. Like there would definitely have been media training or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, we certainly else. should have been. We talked yeah. about that, I think, in episode four about how yeah. why on earth would she not prep her? They were just like, yeah. you're doing it. And then they yeah. were like, you sucked. <laughs> yeah, they blamed She's her. That's yeah. another, yeah. Agreed. Uh, so, grandma, I think yeah. I agree. Grammar earns the thumbs down of biggest bully. Mm. But we can't talk about bullying yeah. <laughs> without talking about the roast of Boris Palkowski. We had a couple of good ones. Yeah, we um, have yeah, some good ones. Let's see here. So this is just for this section, obviously. Um, 
Mia says, Boris Pelkowski, with his retainer and his sweater tucked into his pants, stood up and said, not so fast, hotshot. Obviously, super, super mean when Mia is, like, glad he broke his hand. Yeah. That's really shitty. But then, that could actually be, like, life-altering for him. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. And then, honestly, pretty light on the Boris roasting this section, she says, when she sees him at the movies, I noticed he was still wearing his sweater, and yes, it was tucked into his pants. He can't help being totally foreign, I guess. <laughs> a Not bit that xenophobic, Mia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a bit. Um, yeah. But moving out of the rest of Boris Walkowski, we have a bit of a special a section special for y'all treat. today. We have a special I treat. I am so excited. Our special guest pulled out her high school journal. And is from ninth grade, right? From ninth grade, is it from ninth grade? Yes, yep. it is yes. from ninth grade, and Allie is agreeing to read a portion of it <laughs> to us today, so we can see what princesses were thinking at fourteen, other than Mia. <laughs> yes, and this is the year two thousand five when I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, reading this book made me want to pull out my own journal because I was an avid journaler, like all growing up. That's impressive. (laughs) I did not have the patience as like a kid. Now, writing as much as Mia does, obviously it's a novel and I would never wrote that many details. But I I read my whole freshman year journal and I was like, wow, it's very similar. (laughs) It's just half, maybe even more than half. It's like 75% about boys and then 25% about like my sports that I played and that was it. Um, okay. I found one. I even wrote just like her at the top. I wrote the date, September 16th, 2005, Friday, 8.09 PM. Wow. Oh, wow. Yep. That's okay. Crazy. Are you ready? The so entry excited. says, <laughs> okay, not much has happened, but here's what has happened on Saturday. We went to some ranch thing in flower mound for a, my dad's work party. It was pretty fun. I wrote a mechanical bull, but also about Anthony. He got a haircut and now he looks super hot. Too bad he would probably never notice me. Sad face. I hope, he, I hope he's at the next Plano football game. That's at Clark Stadium. Oh, I also went to a JP2 football game. That's my high school, JP2. <laughs> um, the freshman team almost won and the JV team did win. They have this one really good guy who's a junior. People keep saying now that they want to have a dance at school. That would be cool, but I would probably feel weird because I don't think anyone would ever ask me. I wish I could have a boyfriend. That sounds so weird. I can't wait till the next Plano game. Bye. 8.24 p.m. Oh, oh my God. That literally sounds like Meg Cabot wrote it. Yeah, it (laughs) does. Wow. That is especially sprinkling. We were just talking about in the last section how Mia says, like, I'm so sick of being the only ninth grade girl without a boyfriend. But I mean, I yeah, that's a real I mean, that is a real like yeah, worry. That was amazing. <laughs> that was this entire yes. Like August through November of my freshman year of high school, because I went I went to a brand new high school where I didn't know anybody like four months of writing in this journal is just about like oh my gosh this guy is super hot but he'll never notice me (laughs) (laughs) that is so funny 
Thank you for sharing. That yes, was so that good. That was delightful. <laughs> I and it's it's cool to see that like this is not so far fetched. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I've read that Meg Cabot took inspiration from her own journals growing up. So, oh, I'd be happy makes sense. Share, I'd be happy to share more off the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's I mean, a must. I've, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so now that we've been blessed with such an entry <laughs> i think it's time we crown our winner and besmirch our loser certainly um, but i think it's debatable and okay since we're changing or since now we're doing the biggest bully as from the whole book since it's the last section we're also going to do the same thing with the winner and loser so we are going to have a bit of a debate about who mm-hmm. we think this is i think so yeah i mean um, <sighs> I am. Uh, yeah. I have a hard time with winner. Okay, let's talk loser first. Yeah, let's talk loser. I guess it's Grammar in because yeah, because her plans were foiled. Yes, and, and she, she's a bitch. She's I don't know. Bitch. It could also. I also think it could be Michael because he. I mean, he did try really hard, but like clearly, Mia needs him to just be like Mia. I like you. Let's go yeah. out. Yeah. And he missed it. Yeah. And Kenny swooped in. You know what? I think in the context of this book in particular, from what we're hearing from Mia and what we're hearing from her, like, one, she says she wants a boyfriend. She says she's sick of being the only, she's like, I think it's Michael. I think Mm -hmm. Michael, like, clearly knows her well enough. He should know that she needs to be kind of like coddled along and like be like bright flashing lights saying Mia I like you mm-hmm. I want to go out with you she doesn't do subtle she doesn't know about subtlety yet <laughs> yeah and I think Michael knows this and I I think it's Michael for mm-hmm. this one and I hate to say that because I love Michael and I love yeah where he goes no spoilies but I think mm-hmm. I want to choose Michael because he had an entire book to just flat out say I like you and have Mia not be speculating about any of the bullshit and he doesn't do it and he loses his chance he looks over at Lars like oh my god Mm -hmm. do you see this and he doesn't do anything all he does is like want to abandon ship yeah I agree Ali do you have thoughts yeah we can go with Michael (laughs) yeah I think that that's a good argument although I could I yeah I think that that makes more sense in the long run um, because Coromere did still get her party. It just wasn't she did go, <laughs> really for the good intended party. purpose. Yeah. yeah. Her probably five hundred thousand dollar event. Yeah. Um so <laughs> winner paid for. Yeah. Winner. I am having a tough time with this too. I think you've got three options here. Kenny, obviously. Mm-hmm. Hank and Helen and Mr. G. Um and I feel like, so here's my reasoning. Kenny, obviously, he got Michael, I'm sorry, he got Mia to go out with him. Um, H- Hank, because he's going to be a freaking model in New York City and gets to leave Versailles, Indiana. And <laughs> Helen and Mr. G, because they got out of the wedding, they got to do, you know, something nice that they wanted to do. And, you know, yeah. they didn't have to attend the circus. I, I like the idea of it being Helen and Mr. G. I think that's nice because they do, they get to have their own love story. They don't have it taken over by Grand Mare and they get to do it their way. Mm -hmm. Not entirely because obviously they wanted to do the Halloween dressed up as King Kong and, um, and all that. And 
but I, yeah, I like, I like the idea of it being Helen and Mr. G because they get their, they get their nice happy ending. Yeah. Allie, do you have thoughts? I agree with that, but I also think, like, Kenny is, like, the winner because he laid the groundwork for, like, (laughs) the whole book had me on my toes. I had no idea who Josie Rocks would be, and I was like, dang, Kenny, nice work, when I finally figured it it out. So, like, I guess more in the, Helen and Mr. G definitely won, like, the ending, like, that, that section, but mm-hmm. overall for the whole book. Jordan, that, I would this makes it. you the tiebreaker. I think that we- that's a valid – I like that in the sense of Helen and Mr. G win the section, but Kenny wins overall. I think that that is an astute way of putting it. Okay, so that I like that. I decision. dig it. I think that – I agree. That that does make sense. I think Kenny yeah. – yes, Kenny wins the book. So Kenny- And, I mean, Hank clearly, but Hank was really only in the last parts two and three. Um, yeah. And, you know – whatever Hank's great but we don't we see I think we see him like one more time <laughs> um in the whole book so yeah I say Miss Helen Mr. G win the section Kenny wins overall okay yay like yay <laughs> trumpet noise I mean cheering noise um okay so that wraps up this episode Allie thank you so much for joining us it's been a delight it has Thanks. been a delight. We love chatting Princess Diaries. And if you like, what are your thoughts? Books. You've oh, read sorry. two books now. Sorry, I was going to say, what What do you think? You've read two books. What What's your What's your overall thoughts on them? Um, relatable from my preteen and teen days. So it's kind of right. funny. I feel like that's I'm who like, they're targeted for. I know. I know. Obviously, it's silly and not very realistic like the the, like becoming a princess overnight thing but Mm -hmm. yes as a a 14 year old (laughs) you definitely like thought that it could have been possible and uh it's fun to relive those boy crazy (laughs) memories indeed well if you decide to keep reading we'd love to have you back yes of of course we understand that books targeted for 14 year olds are not for every 30 year old woman <laughs> <laughs> so Allie, do you, you yeah sorry go ahead Francis. I was gonna say but if you are interested Allie actually does do a lot of reading and you can follow her progress on Instagram I don't are you on Twitter as well no just Instagram um with Allie's book corner um and Allie's underscore update? book underscore underscore corner <laughs> which I will link yeah, and you update it quite a bit. I follow it as well, and it's, Aww, it's it does give me a lot of, uh, like, inspo. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should write that book down to read later yeah. when I'm not reading a YA You're novel. looking for good inspiration. <laughs> Allie's Book Corner is a great account to follow. But if you were looking to ask us any questions, there are a multitude of ways in which you can do that. We are on Facebook as The Podcast Diaries. We're on Instagram as The Podcast Diary one we're on twitter as a podcast diary we're on gmail you can send us a whole essay if you want we'll read it we'll read it we got nothing else to do it's the podcast diary at gmail.com but if you want just a nice condensed way to find us you can go to our website at www.thepodcastdiaries.com and it's all right there and all the links to our streaming yes um Thank you. So book three will be our next episode. We're going to be starting at the beginning 
a very good place to start. And stopping at the section, or reading through Tuesday, December 9th English, if you'd like to read along. And we always like to, at the end of each book, give a little royal wave to an organization we're passionate about. Francis, would you like to? Uh... Yes. So this time we chose the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, the ASPCA. Uh, we did this because in section two, well, one, because we love animals, yes. puppies, kittens. We're all animal people here. All those things. Um, we're all animal people. But uh, in section two, of course, Mia talks about turning the palace into a uh, an animal refuge sanctuary. Um, so the ASPCA has been around for about almost 200 years, started in 1866. Um, it's not quite 200, but um, they're just a really easy way to make sure that the animals in your area are taken care of because they have uh, plans and they try to create legislation to make it easier to adopt pets rather than put them down when they're in shelters uh, and they're working super hard to make it easier for shelters to provide long-term care for animals who might need it until they find their forever home. Uh, you can go to their website. It's very easy to donate. You can donate in someone else's name. If you can't think of, if you have someone in your life you can't think of what to get them for a present, Go ahead, donate a few dollars in their name. Mm -hmm. That'll be the perfect present. You can save if a puppy in someone's giving. name. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check out ASPCA.com and show the animals some love. You can also volunteer at your local ASPCA. Yeah, pet puppies. Pet puppies yes. for free. Um, so I think that to a close and all that's left is to say a royal goodbye to you. Yes, and a big royal thank you to our listeners. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>